Ascension Sunday. Hmm. My hunch is that few, if any, of us consider the ascension of Christ very often. I mean, why would we? For those of us raised in the church and for those of us who weren't, you may recall seeing very bad paintings of Jesus looking like he's on a motorized cloud ascending to the heavens with the disciples looking perplexed. And then there's even the great masterpieces and beautiful icons of the Ascension that are odd at best. I saw one at the National Gallery in Dublin, Ireland a few years ago where all you could see were Jesus' feet and ankles hanging out of a flowing red robe, almost as being absorbed by the clouds, sucked up with the poor disciples left behind, looking perplexed, bewildered. You know, of all the stories and accounts in scriptures, the ascension, in my opinion, is one of the more bizarre. So one wonders, what's this all about? Did it really happen? According to the gospel tradition, the ascension took place 40 days following the resurrection, and it marks the end of the post-resurrection appearances, where Jesus appeared to those following being raised from the dead. It is, if you will, a closure, almost as if the biblical writers are telling us, those who are grieving, you now have to get on with what is really important and that's living and sharing the message of the Christ. What the early disciples didn't know, but we do, is what was in store for them a week later. Next week, Pentecost, which we will celebrate here, is when we remember the coming of the promised spirit upon the disciples in Jerusalem, where everyone was able to speak in languages known to them and understood. It was the promised counselor that Jesus said would come and do greater works than he would ever do through us. But the ascension, what do we do with this odd and astonishing story? One thing I know for true is the ascension is not about looking up as if that's where we're supposed to eventually get as well. No, it's not about looking up. It's about looking inward and then looking outward. The core message, I believe, of what we're about to read from John 17, which is known as Jesus' high priestly prayer, is that Jesus so loved his followers that he longed for them to be one as he and God were one. He knew that for them, for us, this would be a challenge. As you listen to these words, I invite you to do so if you're comfortable with your eyes closed, because this is a prayer, a prayer that the disciples actually got to hear as they were listening in. And so now do we. After Jesus had spoken these words, he looked up to heaven and prayed, Abba, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, so that the Son may glorify you, since you have given him authority over all people to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this 
is eternal life, that you, that they may know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I glorified you on earth by finishing the work that you gave me to do. So now, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had in your presence before the world began. I have made your name known to those whom you gave me from the world. They were yours, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they knew that everything you had given me is from you. For the words that you gave to me, I have given to them, and they have received them and know in truth that I come from you, and they have believed that you sent me. I am asking on their behalf. I'm not asking on behalf of the world, but on behalf of those whom you gave me because they are yours. All mine are yours, and all yours are mine, and I have been glorified in them. And now I'm no longer in the world, but they are in the world. I am coming to you. Holy God, protect them in your name that you have given to me, so that they may be one as we are one. Amen. The disciples actually got to hear Jesus' prayer for them, and by extension, us too. But he also gave them the gift of being able to hear that he was praying for the world. How often have you said to someone, I'll keep you in prayer? I'm praying for you. Or you've received that message yourself. People so often have said, Jeff, I'll keep you in prayer. But how often or how rarely do we ever get to hear what that prayer was? That might be a gift that you give to someone that you say you're going to pray for, pray for is to write out and to give them and send them that prayer. So the disciples were able to listen in and hear that they were being prayed for but not only them, but for the whole world. That the world would be one. Now, however unity is understood, understood, we cannot escape the fact that according to the Christ and the Gospel of John, it is through unity, our, one, our being one in Christ, that the world would be drawn to believe. Unity, then, is not simply for the sake of those within the church, but for those outside the boundaries of the community of the faith as well. You see, I believe Christ's ascension asks us to ascend to the source, the one in whom we live and move and have our being. Have you ever thought of yourself as ascending to God? In a sense, saying yes, really saying yes. When we ascend, moving back to the source, then we understand the work that we are impelled and challenged to do. 
This means it's up to us to be about living the gospel message of Christ. It's us, up to us to proclaim that God's message shows no partiality, that all are truly welcomed. That means those with whom we agree and disagree, those with whom we like and don't like, those we call lover and those we call enemy, all, all are welcome. And it's up to us to break down the social barriers and to work to bring together the divisions that exist between us as people. As I said, the crux of the ascension in my understanding, it's not about looking up. Rather, it's about looking inward and then moving outward. And this, my friends, is the arena of prayer. So this morning, I would like us to do just that, to pray for the world. First, looking inward and then outward as I lead us together in guided prayer. So I would ask you now to close your eyes, allowing yourself to grow silent, both physically and interiorly, while still remaining alert. First, be aware of your body and its placement on the pew, allowing yourself to be fully held. You don't even have to be thinking about holding yourself. Allow the pew to totally hold all your weight. And for the next few moments, simply be aware of your breath and your breathing. As you notice the gentle rhythm of your own breath, for just a moment, take control of your breathing now by taking a full, deep, whole breath in, filling your lungs to their capacity, and then when reaching that, letting all the air out. Breathing in. and out. In. And out. With each inhalation and vision that you're breathing in the very breath and spirit of God, and with each exhalation Release any tension or tiredness or worry of the moment. As you allow your breath to go back to its own natural organic rhythm. Envision your body now totally surrounded in light. As this light enters in through the top of your head, almost as if someone is massaging your scalp. Allow this light to move through your head, down your face, through your cheeks and down your neck, to your shoulders, 
where each muscle is supple and limber. As you allow your entire spirit and body to become still while holding a gentle inner alertness. See this light quietly moving through your torso, calming and allowing all your internal organs to become still. This light moves through your pelvic area and your legs, slowly going down your calves, resting over the top of your feet and melting down through each joint and each toe and being released. See yourself now infused with light, aware that you are in a place of great serenity, great stillness, great openness. This light that is within you is the very spirit of life, the holy, the source who dwells within you. Extend this light now to those whom you love the most. Touching each one of them, honoring their bodies. Extend this light to all within this sanctuary. Move it out now beyond the walls to the inner sunset. Up to UCSF. To those places you live and work. To San Francisco. the Bay Area. Allow this light to touch those who block your light, honoring and reverencing them as well. Extend this light up and down the state of California bathing it up the west coast through Washington to Canada, shining over Alaska, onto Greenland, Iceland, across the seas to the British Isles, to Europe, encompassing Russia. Envision this light touching the peoples of the Middle East, 
in Afghanistan and Syria, Palestine, Israel, Iraq. Moving down and encompassing the African continent, the Seychelles Islands, and Madagascar. Extend this light now to China, to Hong Kong, Korea, and Japan. See this light warming the peoples of Asia and Indonesia, Australia, and New Zealand. Moving around the globe to South America, up through Central America, to Cuba and the east coast of the United States. Envision this light energy of peace from Florida up the coast to Maine, touching all who live and work and love in these places. See this light now moving across the United States, bringing peace and unity and light. As this light returns to San Francisco, to this sanctuary, and back to you. This light has encircled the globe, returns within you as Jesus prays for you and in you to seek the spirit of unity here where you live and move and have your life. In the silence now, Simply bask in the light that is within you, being aware of the spirit who is within you, praying that you may be one with all that is.